1: from the center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars I'm excited to be uh, talking to a wonderful person here on the show in a bit Zach Bassinger is going to be on the show Who's Zach you're going to find out and i think you're going to be glad you did it's coming up in a bit but there's been something going on i've been talking about on another four center broadcast and every other show i'm touching and i warned everybody i warned y'all that this would happen i went through some old storage boxes I had at a, at a friend's house like 10 12 years ago i put those boxes in my friend's house and he finally said come get your crap so I did that, and I thank Paul every day, my friend Paul, because I uh, have now uh, been blessed with, dare I say, a plethora of Star Wars memories. A lot of them came rushing back. Not from just the stuff of that era. A lot of Revenge of the Sith stuff from that era were in those storage boxes, but I found some things that have been without. They haven't been in my life for a long time. But they all fuel my joy of Star Wars and my memories of Star Wars, the early days. You know, we all have our early Star Wars fandom days, our first entry points into the franchise, where maybe you're not quite old enough to know what you're watching or who was in the movie, who directed the movie, who edited the movie. That stuff comes later, and sometimes not too far after you start your journey in Star Wars. It was for me. Big space stories on the screen pretty soon was like, there's a guy named George Lucas and he makes them. And I was very young when I figured out he made the Star Wars movies and I wanted to be like the man in flannel. And your, uh, your love of Star Wars very quickly grows to include the behind the scenes stuff. But what I'm talking about is that early era where you're just, you're your your memories of it are attached to specific things and here's here's the best example a lot of us a lot of us had vhs tapes of the star wars movies and particularly episode 4 new hope recorded from a network tv broadcast you know because those were the days star wars is coming to your living room this sunday a tv event and there'd be commercial breaks in it and you've heard me talk about that before, where there was a, a long part of my fandom. I knew there weren't commercials in movies. I knew when I was watching a TV version. I was aware of that. But still, the commercial breaks, particularly the one right when Leia's about to get tortured. torture droid comes in. It's floating. That ball, that black orb of hate and pain floating towards Leia. Vader's giving her the look, boom, the door slammed shut, cut to commercial. It just was how I grew up watching it. So in this storage box, I discovered something pretty awesome here. Ah, oh, They kind of still smell. You hear that sound? That is the sound of a stack of Return of the Jedi Topps cards. That's right, Tops Chewing Gum ink. the makers of some of the World's finest baseball cards, and I have a lot of baseball card memories, that is sure, but uh, I I I uh, I have a lot of Star Wars memories attached to these Return of the Jedi cards. Now, I started collecting these right on the cusp. I wasn't collecting baseball cards quite yet, so these would have come out in, what, 83, 84 range, right? Uh, so I, I collected these because of my love of Star Wars. It was a couple years later, by the 1985... Yeah, 85 baseball season. I'm starting to pay attention to sports, starting to pay attention to baseball. Uh, I have early foggy memories of the 85 World Series. John Tudor leading the way for the Cardinals against the Royals. And a 20-year-old Brett Saberhagen kind of stealing the show for the Royals. Great pitcher. So I have memories of that. And then I started by 86, 87. I'm into baseball cards. I'm into Star Wars. But I'm, in, I'm into other things. And we talk about in the interview with Zach coming up you guys are about to listen, listen to. We talk about that, too. But I found these stack of cards. And I loved collecting them because I still associate certain things in Return of the Jedi with the cards and the titles of the cards. And do you do that, too? This can't just be me. So, for instance, when I see Darth Vader and Moff Jer Gerard who I now know is named Teon, but back then I did not know. I think of the card called The Deciders, which is that shot of them waiting for the Emperor. Gerard, nervous, apprehensive. Vader, expectant. The mask hiding all of his emotions. Card number 56 in the collection. The Deciders. The fate of the galaxy hangs on the decisions of three men Young Luke Skywalker and his father, Lord Darth Vader, and the mysterious Emperor, whom Vader is now waiting to greet aboard the Death Star, the Deciders. I think about that all the time. Then there's the great headshot photos. There's, there's the headshot card of Luke Skywalker. I love it. It's him. That Luke hairstyle, but the uh, whitish blue background, and you just the you know his hood is down as, as he's entered Jabba's palace. And uh, card number two in the series, who's number one? We'll find out. Card number three was Darth Vader. Luke Skywalker, Tatooine farm boy turned rebel warrior. Luke Skywalker uses his Jedi powers to defend the galaxy galaxy against the evil, aggressive Galactic Empire. And these these cards also did with the. Opening Crawl does, which probably gave me some bad grammar later on in life. Just uh, It it capitalizes Tatooine, Rebel, Luke Skywalker, Jedi, Galactic Empire. I don't know if that's proper, but I would do it. I still kind of do it. Infamous emphasis. Infamous emphasis. Uh, Another one of my favorite cards, A Monstrous Fate. It's the uh, skiff right before they push Luke out onto the platform. Card number 41 in the series. Uh, oh, I got some doubles. I got the deciders. Ah, this one. I, can't, I think about this one all the time when I watch Return of the Jedi. Oh, and the next one, too. I didn't. Play, I just grabbed my stack of cards here. We're going through this live. I won't, ta- I won't take too much, too much of your time, but go with me on this journey of joy. It is, let's see, I, I almost wish we, this was some sort of guessing game in a video show. It's card number... 127 in the series. It's towards the end there. And the description is, Han Solo takes time to congratulate Wedge. I just gave it away. There you go. Uh, Han Solo takes time to congratulate Wedge, a courageous rebel pilot during the victory celebration on the moon of Endor. This is truly a glorious day for the forces of freedom. What great writing there. And it's that great shot. And the title of the card is Congratulating Wedge. And it's a smiling Harrison Ford, Han Solo leaning over, shaking, uh, just a real, just nice-looking Wedge. He's just smiling. And in the foreground, just you just see the top dome, the top of R2-D2's dome. I loved this card. I had this as a kid because this is the type of card that would in- inspire your own kind of headcanon with the conversation they were having there. You know, Wedge is that guy. He survived all three films. So, you know, to me, they had, they had this shared memory, these shared experiences. Are, you know, is, is part of this conversation that's going on here, you know, Han Solo saying, hey, man, thanks for taking out the, the you know, uh, the North reactor there in the, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Death Star there. And Wedge goes, well, you know what? Thanks for saving the day back there in Battle of Yavin, coming back and helping Luke. I couldn't do it. I had to fly off. Couldn't. But you know what? We both can agree. Hoth was cold, right? Am I right? Am I right? I know I'm right. That's the, that's the thing I would daydream about when I had this card in my hand. At seven or eight. That's so what I love. It's all things. It's all Star Wars. It's all feeding back to our joy. The next one I had that I reacted to as I started to pick up Graduate Wedge, um, it's just one of my favorite shots in Star Wars. It's the Quiet C-3PO with exclamation point card. Number 95 in the series. After Luke Skywalker leaves for his final confrontation with his father, Princess Leia and Chewie warn C-3PO to be quiet during the upcoming raid on the Imperial Bunker. On Endor, it's an underrated moment in the film too. I think that's pretty funny. But the uh, the great shot—I know a lot of you are picturing it right now. It is three P. O. His right arm, kind of like up, almost as if he's embracing or giving Leia a hug here, reaching for one, and Leia's just got her got her hand over his mouth with a nice little digital-looking watch on there, and Chewie's mid—Chewie is mid roar. Quiet roar, but he's a mid roar, and he's got that wonderful Chewbacca, Return of the Jedi hair, little ladies. He's like it was like it was like Chewbacca in New Hope and a little bit Empire. It's like he was uh, in one of those kind of like California sound eagle bands, like he was opening for Jackson Brown or maybe doing rhythm guitar in his band. But the, by Jedi, he uh, Chewie's got the he's got the bangs and the fluffed hair. He's in the hair metal. He's he's opening up for LA Guns and Rat at this point. I love that card. I just love this card. I always have that memory of this card. Uh, I'm not going to go through. I have an entire stack. But do you have memories of these cards? Look at the cards. The Princess Enslaved facing Jabba the Hutt on the sail barge. This was a great one because it had uh, had had three PO hanging around with uh, the you know what is it? Uh, He's hanging around with uh, Yak uh, Yak Face. And Ree's? Uh, 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 Ree's? Gosh, good thing I'm not in a trivia contest anytime soon. I uh, got The Battle Begins. Oh, Lando Carusian's Fight for Life with him and uh, one of the uh, Neek 2 there. Uh, and then Blasts going on behind him. It's a very active f- Oh, my gosh. This one you could hang on a wall The Demise of Jabba the Hub. I remember when I finally got this card. This was a hard one for me to get. And it's got uh, Leia and Bausch disguised on the back, but on the front. It is her choking the hell out of Jabba the Hutt. That's a valuable card. The memories are just uh, just dripping from these cards. The cards are in pretty good condition. Boba Fett's Last Stand. The Deadly Cannon. Ah, this one. The battle, excuse me, the Raging Battle, which this is, I talk often, talk about how your memories as a child, and this is what I mean of just that early days of your fandom. You all know, and it doesn't matter, it could be... It could be Force Awakens. You could be listening to to me right now and you're, you know, 16 and Force Awakens came out in 2015 and you were 12 and you weren't as plugged in to movie news and the sites and your love of Force Awakens is a little different than it is now. You might love it now, but now you're very much maybe more aware of the process and the stories and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and all those kind of names. But back then it was just different. It was just Star Wars. For me, seven, eight. And looking at this picture of Luke on top of the sailboat with that green lightsaber ready for action, the raging battle. This, and I wrote about this and Why We Love Star Wars, this was the picture I associated with my early memories of discovering what Star Wars was, even though the picture in my mind was not this. What I'd seen was Luke more with even the blue saber in the trailer at a slumber party. But this photo kind of replaced that in my mind. It's an interesting effect, but it worked nonetheless for me. There's so many wonderful cards here. Uh, I'm trying to see. The plan begins. Forest of Endor. Droids on the move. These titles are great. Blasting a speeder bike entering the throne room. You could just write a movie just based on Levitated by Luke. Oh, my God. i got to frame this one. Low Gray and Chief Chirpa. This is where my obsession with the relationship, the business relationship, the ruling class party relationship between Logre and Chief Chirpa. This says, number 85 in the series, another view of Logre, the Ewok medicine man. Behind him is Chief Chirpa. C3PO, of course, arrived at the Ewok village in triumphal procession while his friends were treated as simple trespassers and then eventually, hopefully, dinner. And But what I like about it, Logre's in front, man. This goes to my theory that Logre's the true power here, but I'm more of an, I'm more of a Chirpa guy. I'm, I'm suspicious of Logre. The forest creatures is a great, uh, uh, it's a great, uh, uh, a great Ewok one. And then here again, unexpected allies. It's Low Gray and Chirpa. Low Gray's got the power seat here, man. Chirpa's sitting down. I don't know about that. Low Gray, Han Solo's approach, uh, ready for action. It's Another Solo one, observed by the Ewoks. The courageous Ewoks again. More Low Gray. A lot of Low Gray, which is okay. R two D two hit. Ewoks to the rescue. Uh, I'm going to scroll through it. Oh, Master of Terror. you got the Emperor. And and what I would do, just what I'm doing now. Here I am in a podcast, and we're about to get to a great interview, deep, deep, insightful interview of Star Wars. But also, there's that side of Star Wars, and then there's this side of Star Wars. Me now at my age, looking at the same set of cards. These are the same set of cards I've had for years. And going back to where I was at Seven, And reconnecting to that joy then, because it's the same joy now. Look at the title of this card. Military leader, Admiral Akbar, Victory celebration. The heroic droids. Uh, And then we get uh, checklist. Oh, the number one card. The number one card in the set was title card. So there you go. Luke was the first character. Then Vader, Solo, Princess Leia, Organa, Lando, Calrissian, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. And then the new Death Star, which is a card I don't believe I have. I didn't collect. I didn't get all this set. I didn't get this set. I tried as a kid. I really did. Ooh, Imperial, Scout, Peril. That's a good card. Um, Oh, I've got a double of congratulating wedge. I will trade someone a congratulating wedge and a decider's card for the new Death Star card. I don't have that one. Anyone want to trade? Anyone want to trade? Let me know. I got a bib for tuna. Got a court of evil. Be- oh, oh, my God. We, I was just about to wrap this up. I mean, look at this. We got Han Solo's Plight, the Princess Enslaved Again, the Young Jedi, the Great Shot of Luke, the court in chaos, which was uh, a hard card for me to get. It's just Gamorian guards uh, and some other characters there, some other denizens of the court just in chaos, <laughs> just staring. Uh, here's the final one. This is the final card I'll talk about here. And I just, I'm just, thank you for taking this journey with me. we got a great thing coming here with uh, Zach Bassinger coming into the studio here. The virtual studio. There is this card titled Beto and a Jawa. Beto and a Jawa. And it is, you know, it is a, a Rhodian and a Jawa in Jabba's palace. The, the stairs, they're sitting on the stairs. They're sitting, it should be noted, on the stairs. Very bright. And this was, to me, one of the early Star Wars trivia bits of information that I committed to memory and would wow people with at about 8 or 9 or 10. Or then you'd pull it out at about 11 or 12 years of age because people have forgotten about it. Beto, a relative of Greedo in parentheses, killed by Han Solo in the Cantina some time ago, sits with the Jawa on the stairs of Jabba the Hutt's palace. Now, this is all true. There was this Rodian dressed exactly like Greedo. This one, a little bit more, uh, de- look for the look this card design. Clearly designed to be female there, but, um, I love this. And I would go around, and mean, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Greedo's cousin, Beto, was in the, uh, was in the, Palace there, form and uh, plan a revenge on Han Solo. And there you go. Head cannon was formed. And this is, again, why it's hard to write new Star Wars stories, because a Topps trading card in 1983 inspired Little Kenny Knapsack to create an entire adventure around the character Beto. So if you're going to do Beto, a Star Wars story, my expectations are already through the roof. Thank you for going through that journey. What piece of Star Wars memorabilia do you have that still takes you back to your early days of, of the fandom, early days of your personal journey, and just take you back, and also you can't separate yourself from it? I still see that, that shot of, of the speeder bike pointing his blaster at Leia's head, and I go to the card. It's still in my head, just like the commercial breaks in A New Hope. Folks, do me a favor. Stick around. My ramblings are going to stop, and we're going to bring in a guest. Zach Bassinger's is coming in here, a writer, woodworker, and more. You're going to hear the story of how we met and how we came to know each other and why he's on the show. But this is just a great Star Wars conversation about the power of Star Wars, the healing power of Star Wars, and just the pure awesomeness of Star Wars and the characters and the moments that mean everything to us. It's a great interview. Very happy to have conducted it. Stick around. That's coming next here on Spotlight Star Wars.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
1: Like Star Wars fans, I am excited to uh, conduct this little interview here. This is uh, something that's been in the works for a bit. I got a friend, I got a pal. He is a a writer. He's listed on Twitter as writer and kayfaber which is a pro wrestling fan. I can respect that, but he's also a great woodworker too. I have some uh, some wood pe- art pieces of his, uh, and Joseph does too in, in our collections. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased to introduce uh, Zach Bassinger, fan and friend of Star Wars. Zach, welcome to the show. Ken, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk some Star Wars. Yeah, man, this is great. And I, I'm going to just tell people what happened and how we came to to know each other. You had sent a very heartfelt message to me and Joseph and the the Force Center Twitter handle talking about uh, just saying a nice word of thanks, which we very much appreciate. I mean, it's not lost on us when when someone takes the time to reach out to joseph and jennifer and i and say hey we enjoy your star wars <laughs> you know monologues and ramblings we, it, we appreciate it but this one struck me uh, a little different it was late at night and you just were we're talking about your own personal battle and how star wars related to that and i uh, just did a little more like who who is this cat and uh look zach let's tell you you were battling cancer man you are in a tough fight but you are a Jedi in spirit, heart and person. And you moved me with a lot of your approach to this and how your connection to Star Wars helps you. So, uh, you know, here we are. We're pals, man. Here we
2: are. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, and, 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 and likewise, um, you know, you, you guys have this uh, um, pretty incredible relationship with your audience where um, we view you guys as friends. We listen to you every week and, and we know you and you don't, know us. And, uh, it was one of those perfect scenarios where, um, I, I was, uh, g- g- at a point where I was getting some rough news, not, not the kind of stuff you want to hear. And yeah. w- I put on force center when I have a bad day and I put on force center when I want to uh, hear about positivity about this kind of, uh, this canon I love and this, mm-hmm. and this universe I love. And, um, uh, it just struck me that it was uh, with some of the negativity that we see on Twitter, uh, for instance, that sure. um, maybe you guys don't hear enough how many of us out there that that you don't see or you don't talk to really appreciate what you guys do.
1: Well, you know, again, I, I, I always try to remind myself to, to take praise when given because uh, – Uh, far too often we have a tendency, it's one thing to be, hey, I'm humble. It's another thing to to reject any praise to the fact that you kind of forget who you are or why you got in here. And and it means a lot to us. But also I think the magic is, Joseph and I right now, and Jennifer, when she's uh, fully formed in the team there, uh, and and she's always there in spirit, we are just three friends, often with a whiskey, (laughs) hanging around talking (laughs) Star Wars. And I think that's uh, the genesis of everyone's love of Star Wars. And it starts by yourself in a theater at home, watching VHS, it grows on the playgrounds. It grows with the connections that you make with people. So I got to ask you, man, when did your love of star Wars really take hold? When did you, uh, what was your entry point into the, into the fandom? Well, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm 35. And so I was at
2: that perfect age for when the uh, powers of the force line came out.
1: Oh, and, oh, and
2: yeah. And, and so for me, um, there, there's really these two major points in the fandom I look back on and, and one was for a uh, Christmas getting the millennium Falcon and just that, that was the ultimate toy. Uh, it's, I, the last, the last great gift I, I, you know, my, we didn't, we didn't really do big, big Christmases. Um, and so yeah. this was a big deal. And I, I just wanted to know everything that happened with this ship and all, and I was in charge of the adventures, right? It, like so many yeah. of us were. And like, you know, you, 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 uh, you made the joke, uh, or you mentioned K Favor, uh, but like mm-hmm. uh, those part of the attraction to star Wars is the same attraction that I've had. You know, we have overlapping fandoms, you know, but baseball right. is a great love. Yeah. Game yeah. of Thrones, uh, uh, pro wrestling, star Wars. And the, what, what these all share in common is they don't end. It's mm-hmm. ongoing stories forever that we can invest in as fans. And so, uh, you know, that's the first point was, you know, ha- just holding this Millennium Falcon in my hands, mm-hmm. barely knowing what Star Wars was, but wanting to know everything about this ship. Uh-huh. Uh, and and the second time, it's even even a little bit earlier, but um, I was a huge fan of the show Sequest DSV as a kid. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, Roy Scheider, Jonathan Brandis, that show is like my high water mark. I hope it holds up. Maybe I should check it out again. It does. But, it uh, does your, yeah. But Mark, Mark Hamill was, uh, did, did a major guest spot on the show. And I remember watching the show and my dad saying, that's Luke Skywalker. And I, 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 it's Luke who? <laughs> well, no, you know, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And I, you know, I said, you know, from Star Wars and for the other, for me, Star Wars was, uh. I knew it from the Muppet Babies. I knew it yes, from other clips. <laughs> so that's really where it all started, and it just—it never stopped. It never went away.
1: How this—and it's amazing stuff. You're you're running down uh, this wonderful laundry list of items that we all experience, but is also so unique to our own stories. This is why I love it. This is why you talk about Muppet Babies. I thought I was alone and maybe one of my friends at school of like being you know enthralled by those episodes of uh, the muppet babies where they did star wars parodies then i meet mark ellis years later on schmoes and he's like ah oh, you know the muppet baby star wars that's and and now to hear you i just that's what i love it is universal and unique all at the same time that and and that's also why it's important for star wars to be in other kind of forms and why star wars kids and and different kind of books and comics and middle grade readers and junior readers it's you never know what's going to grab someone and pull them into star Wars. You know, absolutely. And the idea that as fans, we would begrudge that because, um, Mm -hmm. it
2: is an open playing field for us all to, to jump on board. And, you know, even sitting here thinking about, I mean, you guys could probably do a multi-part series just on Mark Hamill's relationship with the Muppets in general and how it relates to star Wars. But the, uh, what Disney's doing now for kids, uh, you know, the Galaxy of Adventure and uh, and so many other things, I, I see it and it, it it makes me whimsical for for um, yeah. a little bit of a dead time in the Star Wars universe. But uh, yeah. but you know, Ewok the Ewok movies and Muppet Babies and and it was enough even then to to make me a a lifelong fan.
1: Well, that's, that's that's how I was going to go to that, but you just kind of you kind of answered what I was uh, the question I was going to. It's like you are because of our ages. Uh, I'm 44, you're 35, so there's enough difference there where you kind of came up in that what we call the dark days of Star Wars. No movies, books, things are on the side, like Muppet Babies, like the Ewok movies, little different things. So I I, I think it I, it's fascinating to me that this Star Wars still had the power to reach out and grab you during that period. It found you it found you well that it found it
2: not only that but like uh all uh, you know i was of this you know so i'm stuck in this generation where they're you know uh i you know i was born after jedi came out and but but all of my uh all of my friends older brothers had star wars toys i mean i remember the first time i saw a boba fett action figure in some bin in a basement and and you know I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it gets, it maybe gets a little biblical where it's like, you know, you got to remember your commandments because I was thinking, would he, would he notice if I put this cool thing in my <laughs> pocket and and what is this?
1: I think you can still Star Wars toys if it's to feel your love. I'm not sure. That's,
2: that's right. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better about walking out of the house with a, with a Boba <laughs> Fett that day. <laughs> Especially if
1: it's Boba Fett, Yeah, it's, but Boba Fett would do it. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Be, be Th- there you go. Yeah. As you got older, Zach, as you get older and other pursuits and all those other kind of uh, things uh, uh, sweep into our lives, uh, understandably, uh, you know, baseball, uh, uh, even for me, robotech and then school and and, uh, ladies and drama and acting and comedy, all these things come in. Star Wars either leaves you or it stays with you. And now that level may go up and down, but it stays with you. And sounds like you're like you said, you're the one type of person that it stayed with you. Um, How did your love grow uh, during those times? Well, you know, it's it's funny. So I was in the ninth grade on opening
2: night when the Phantom Menace came out. And um, I uh, I the Phantom the the idea that uh, someone could say a bad thing about the Phantom Menace to me is blasphemy because I, uh, I've always, I uh, loved the prequels uh, and, uh, but I wanted to love the prequels. You know, I, I I know I let, you know, left the theater thinking, you know, well, there was really no Han Solo character here. There's really no, there, the archetypes Mm -hmm. that we love aren't, aren't here. But um, certainly like, like you said, you know, girls come around and, and high school comes around, you find out about this thing called alcohol and, you know, uh, sports and this and that. But, um, Mm -hmm. But uh my my darkest Star Wars days where the fandom did taper off the most mm. would have been around that Revenge of the Sith time and right. uh, and up until you know the Clone Wars came out and I, and I pretty much checked out until you know we we had that day mm. where uh I had just finished going through my first round of chemo and um mm. all of a sudden the news is is Uncle Uncle Iger and George Lucas mm. are sitting behind a uh, you know, a, a MacBook Pro screen with a hastily put together image of Disney and Lucasfilm, and uh, it honestly was one of those moments where uh, I said, "Oh, well, I've, I I got to figure out a way to stick around for this."
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I I get it, and 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 that's I get it, but I don't get it, and, and that's part of the conversation want I have here. I just that what an interesting uh, uh, just kind of to kick your ass in a way like. There's a lot of things I want to hold on to. Hot damn! There's more Star Wars. I'm grabbing on. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, it it it's uh, it sounds silly, but um, I mean, you know, not not to get too deep into the details, but it was December of 2011 when we finally figured mm-hmm. out what was going on with me, which is uh, mesothelioma. Uh, which is a rare cancer. It, it. I was 27 at the time. It usually doesn't hit you till you're 67, and then even then, you have maybe an 18 month prognosis for survival. Um, I, I didn't even know what it was besides hearing, "Oh, that's the word from the commercials with the lawyers." Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and at that moment, the. I mean, you know, so you know, you, <laughs> a lot of people are very gracious, and they and they say, "I I I don't know what's going on," I or I don't. I could never know, you know, you and, and everybody listening knows, you know, deep down, we, we all know what it's like. And it's exactly like you think it is. It's good days. and It's bad days. And it's just another mm-hmm. thing more than anything. But in that moment, when the doctor told me, I, uh, uh, my first thought was of my wife, who was my fiance at the time. And, uh, you know, that just punched me in the gut and sure. I lost all the wind thinking of her, but the, literally the second thought was, well, Avengers is in six months, so mm. let's mm. let's let's get there and figure out from there. You know, I I mm. and and I know I, this is a Star Wars podcast, but sitting no, yeah. in an Endgame this time last year, as I had been sick again, wow. I count those uh, I count those uh, Avengers movies like uh, like, like uh, mm. uh, Boba Fett counts Wookie braids or something. You know, <laughs> they there are these
1: uh, there yeah no. Uh, no, you're you're there. Yeah, you're there for the end of the story. Uh, that's powerful to me, and and speaks also to how important these little silly stories are. And we can joke and say, yeah, they're silly little space wizard movies and they're superhero pictures, and they are. But they also, uh, I always say, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I always do this odd reference to the end of a Kingdom. Uh, what is the Kingdom of Heaven? What is what is yeah. uh, what does Jerusalem mean? Nothing everything right right yeah uh, yeah and that's why i take with this stuff i go to that a lot and so it uh, you know first of all i want more braids on your uh, body armor here on your mandalorian me too armor. buddy me too um and you get to the end of the rise of skywalker the the, the saga i mean uh, and there's more films coming so let's do it here but let let's let's um let's talk about the healing power of Star Wars, the best it can, because some of our early conversations were little simple things. Uh, I'll cite one here. I don't have it in front of me. I'm paraphrasing you a little bit, but just you're talking about you, – you had an image of, of, of like Wedge flying an X-wing into uh, into into the tumors. You, you went to chemo, uh, chemo and just how little silly – uh, things like that are great sources of inspiration and calm and comfort, right? I mean, am I off base in, in, in saying that?
2: Not at all. I I mean, I honestly, you know, you flip a coin and it's mm-hmm. so much of its genetics, but I do believe a lot of its attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only thing that we're in control of is what we bring to the table, you know, emotionally. Right. Um, and, uh, and for me, I visualization is a big part of it. And so you know, I would think of during my first round of chemo and that this was nine years ago, I've been incredibly mm. lucky, incredibly lucky. Mm. Um, but, you know, I thought of Lando and Wedge flying through the the millennium, <laughs> uh, flying in the the Falcon and the X-Wings into the into the second Death Star and and blowing blowing that stuff up. Mm. And yeah. Um, mm. And it, 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 I, I still do, you know, I'm, I'm going back for emergency chemo tomorrow and thank yeah. you for having me on the show today because I haven't been thinking about the emergency chemo. I've been thinking about talking Star Wars with you, which is another powerful mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. but the, uh, the idea that we can, um, the, mm-hmm. our, our relationship with the things that we love mm-hmm. inevitably change. And that is through with partners and that is with movies and that's with, it doesn't matter. Fatherhood, uh, mm-hmm. divorce, loss, cancer, uh, all of these things can change th- our perspective, but they, they don't often change our, our love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's been the great thing about star Wars. And, you know, I would say to anybody listening, um, mm-hmm. don't, Don't write off your love for Star Wars or ever feel like you have to because everything that I have ever needed to know uh, about being the person that I've dreamed of being, about being the person that I wanted to become... Uh, Star Wars gave me that. Whether it's through looking at uh, the way Qui Gon experiences the Force, or the right. love that Luke shows his father, or the leadership skills and the incredible strength that Leia shows after you know Alderaan is blown into smithereens, uh, there are uh, the, George made it for twelve year olds. He's joked about it before, mm-hmm. and now it's for everybody. But but yeah. those are those are the lessons that. I took away on who I wanted to be as an adult. Mm.
1: Powerful stuff. Uh, powerful stuff. And I, I got to imagine that as you, as you go through this this battle and and been going through it for like you said about nine years now and continuing to fight um, as Jin Jin would want you to. <laughs> you, you <laughs> you know you keep fighting to the chances are spent but um how how has this new era of star wars just emboldened your your beliefs uh and thoughts of of star wars and how it and how it relates to what you're going through or even just the, the simple days when when it's easier or or the bad days you know how 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 has this affected your 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 fandom now well i'll i'll tell you
2: the um the last jedi really affected me in a, um, in a profound way. Uh, -hmm. and Luke Skywalker's relationship with failure and hope. And, um, I, I actually, I think it's pinned to my Twitter probably. I I did a, a whole long diatribe on, on, on my relationship with, uh, cancer and loss and failure and, and how I connected with, with Luke in that, in that film, uh, that, that was something that, um, I don't think I I would have watched Star Wars with that context without, without having to go through it. But, but Mm -hmm. if even times when we don't, we don't want to always feel profound and we don't always want to look into deeper things, uh, Hey, I, that's when I, when I can't sleep at night because I'm, I'm hurting a little bit or um, even, you know, you have something on your mind, star Wars is what goes on. So it's, yeah. it's a, uh, it's a happy place for me as well.
1: Yeah. What are some of your favorite uh, lighter, happier moments, man? We can talk to deep philo- philosophical stuff till Qui-Gon comes back from uh, the other side of the force. But uh, what are some of the, your favorite moments, man? What are some of the things that make you just love star Wars? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, just, just off the cuff, the, the
2: joy of episode seven and, um, the, the opening of that film and how quickly you're back in Star Wars is something yeah. that, uh, I, I feel that every time I, I, put on that movie, that, that excitement and, and, and having that, uh, that deep, uh, moment to exhale and say, Star Wars is back. You know, uh, and for me, for me, Jedi from start to end uh, is 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 an it's it's just that's my Star Wars film. It's mm. it's uh, it's got Muppets, right? It's yeah. it's got redemption. It's got a new lightsaber and um, <laughs> and. <laughs> And it's got a lot of uh, Lando clapping and uh, and and um, and widget uh, hugging and wedge. And, you know, so so that that, you know, how how do we not think of the last scene, um, whichever version is your favorite and,
1: and yeah. not feel joy? I that you I've, I've talked a lot of Star Wars for a lot of years now. Uh, that is the first time I have heard Lando clapping as a reason to love star Wars. And you know what? That's 100% right. <laughs> love that. so I'll tell you, well then, you
2: know what, if, 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 if there's, if there's folks listening and they've never really appreciated Billy D in that scene, go, go watch it right now because he
1: is just nailing it, man. He is just wonderful. It is great, man. Yeah. What, what are, so what are your, some of your favorite characters, too? We're talking about moments and feel free to add to that list. But yeah, I'm a Han Solo guy. So I was pulled in by the, the swagger and, and the guy trying to figure out who he is underneath it all. Uh, from um, early age, what are your favorite characters? Or has that changed? Aren't you, are you affected now? Uh, not even just your situation, but just with age and time o- over uh, your love of a certain character? Yeah,
2: I you know, I know you're a Wars guy. Get I'm a lore and exposition guy. So uh, you know, Qui-Gon was was a character from the beginning that I uh I I just was fascinated with. Luke Skywalker is probably my my favorite uh fictional character of all time. Um and I uh I don't think of the uh, going to Tashi Station to pick up power converters, Luke. When I, when I, when I think of the name of Luke Skywalker, and like so many of the fans, I, I don't even necessarily think of Luke becoming a Jedi Knight in in Jedi. I, I think Luke Skywalker to me is this character that's lived in my head for thirty years that, uh, and what he did after those stories, and mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. I can understand how that that's a very difficult thing for some people to you know, right. have that relationship for so long. But for, for me, um, uh, I, I, you know, I was, I liked the direction they took the character in, but, uh, give me any of the Jedis, give me Plo Clun, nice. you know, give me, give me Yoda. The, the, uh, one of my favorite scenes in star Wars is, uh, Yoda and bail sit in the car where, where Yoda, um, mm. decides he has to go to go into hiding. And th- that, that, Uh, you know, you talk about how things change as a young man. That was to me, the worst scene in all of star Wars. And it's since become my favorite.
1: Wow. Why, why? Yeah. Just, just, just what grabs you now? What
2: changed? So, Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a young man being, you know, know, 22 or 21, when I saw the movie, uh, We know that Yoda's a warrior. We've seen him battle Dooku. We know that he's the wisest Jedi in the land. And that's the archetype that, that, that he is as we, as we get the reveal in empire. But um, Yoda is running away from the fight and Yoda is going off into hiding when, when he still has this power and the, the entire galaxy needs him the most. And, and I struggled with that for a long time. And what, what kind of dawned on me um, in my later years is even though order 66 is something that took a millennium, you know, generations and generations of planning from, from uh, the Sith and these evildoers uh, this is something that reaches out and slaps the Jedi across the face in a single moment. They had been losing their ability to connect with the force losing their their kind of clairvoyance and all of a sudden in the moment where yoda is supposed to step up and the force is his ally the force is his friend the force is his life Mm. um the force leaves him Mm. and he loses to darth sidious and there's this wonderfully animated moment where he's in the car where to me the takeaway became Yoda is saying, I, the Force has just told me I've done this all wrong wow. and I need to go my, I've dedicated my life to the force. I need to go get right with this thing because it has removed me from the board and because I have failed. And that's why the Yoda that we see in Empire is mm-hmm. such a fascinating character to me because, mm-hmm. um, you know we, we we have seen a a master humbled and a master that uh I would argue is starting to begin to un- unravel the this great cosmic entity and uh and and think about how silly some
1: of those rules might have been yeah you know we because we were talking about attack of the clones this past week on on the main show at, at the time of this recording and, and we talked about the connection and what a, a connection that wasn't you know certainly Immediately apparent to my young uh, mind in 2002 of just Yoda coming back with the clones to save everyone at the Geonosis arena it makes perfect sense to us. But this is the same character that tells Luke, "You you can't run off and save your friends if you value what you, you fight. They fight for it, and the the lessons learned." From that moment to then, and then combine it to last Jedi with a, a, a creature that's sitting there telling Luke, "Failure's the best teacher." I, I think that emotional canyon canon is so powerful, uh, and there's so much to learn, uh, like from that one scene. I'm glad you brought it up. The slumping hey, of Yoda. you know, yeah,
2: reconciliation, man. Well, that's the one thing every Star Wars fan has to be adept at. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, you know, the Star Wars and reconciliation could be a, a college course.
1: Uh, uh, it absolutely could let's talk let's talk luke right now you mentioned it and and uh you mentioned that you hey you like the direction that they took and i i uh, take the wanting mecca luke and igniting green and all those kind of conversations out because yeah i even get that too even though i i myself am tremendously happy with this direction it makes sense um i i love I've had some very honest conversations with some friends. Um, one of the head writers of the Schmodown who looked me in the eyes one day over dinner is like, Luke was my favorite character. The last shot, I hurt me. And he he wasn't like toxic, bad. And he was just like, man, that's sure. really, that was a tough one. He looked, he actually said he goes, that that was real tough. And that was one of the times I got it more than any other time. You're a Skywalker fan. You've grown up. You also, when the this new era begins, you're in the battle of your life. And you get this hero Luke that you might be writing for, and it goes a different direction. Take me through just your process of experiencing Luke Skywalker in the modern era, era from uh, first seeing it in 2015 to, to where you are now. Absolutely. Uh, I I think the, the first thing I'll say is it hurt me too. Mm. Uh, and I think that's
2: kind of the point. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, um, so much of that movie is about failure. And Luke is... Luke failed his nephew. Um, he was unwilling to kill his nephew. Um, but at the same time, at least this is Luke's feeling, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, and he also failed to live up to his ideal of what a quote-unquote, what a Luke Skywalker should be. And, and so he uh, hmm. he's tied into this cosmic force, now and and just like you know, very similar to what I said about Yoda with with Bale in in that speeder, uh, he thinks that uh, the cosmic force will choose another avatar and mm-hmm. the cosmic the force will take care of itself. It's kind of like uh when you know when we talk about the harm that we're doing to our planet, um and and, and and this is not political by any means but the, the earth itself is going to take care of itself. We're trying to save us as a species but the force is going to take care of itself and mm. and so Luke is so um, crushed and Luke is uh, is so paired with this uh, this PTSD and this doubt he thinks it's time to remove himself from this generational cycle and it takes the a hopeful youth to mm. remind him that uh it's a different Ben, but with great power comes great responsibility and uh and that's why that climax is so meaningful to me because um mm. with my condition you know look i'm dying mm. and uh i'll i'll, I'll, I'll Maybe something miraculous happens, but I, uh not this is not what we want to go into the podcast. But I'll I'll be very happy if I can get through the end of the summer. And uh, you, there has to be a bit of an acceptance there, and that's kind of how I felt towards that character. I just accepted what I was seeing on the screen, and I, uh, it, and it became all the sweeter when we do see a nonviolent powerful Luke Skywalker getting back on the horse, because that that's the only thing we can do in situations like this. We can only put one Mm -hmm. foot in front of the other. That's the most important thing to do when you're hurt and when you've been wronged or you're, you're harmed. And, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't incite fear. He doesn't commit an act of violence. He uses his last, uh, life's breath to teach a lesson and to share hope with the galaxy to inspire people. Uh, that is that is, that is a Jedi mm.
1: Yeah and a, a, a reminder of the, the the things that happen in these stories and then the decisions the characters make uh, are sometimes troubling and painful and wrong and full of failure and that is the point because we're supposed to learn from that and get to the next phase. Uh, and I, I I, think what you just shared was just a, a, a powerful experience of what that story and what the life of, of Luke Skywalker meant and continues to mean. And that's the great thing is that story gets to be told over and over and over again to a new generation of fans who are just now discovering it because uh, their parents got Disney plus, or they stumbled onto star Wars kids on YouTube, or they saw a toy in an aisle at a a store. It begins again. Uh, Absolutely. And they'll, and they'll accept it as fact and Canon and set in
2: stone in a way that, you know um, that uh, original trilogy trilogy fans might struggle with uh, like they did with the prequels or the prequel fans might struggle with the sequel trilogy. But, but, but in the end, um, yeah, we all might write things a little bit differently. We all might wish things worked a little bit better, but, but, you know, a big part of a big part of, uh, sorry, my, my, uh, coonhound was out running around outside and making sure she was <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, but, but the biggest part of it is, uh, to me is what, 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 what did I want my relationship with star Wars to be like? And I wanted my relationship, with star Wars to be, uh, one of positivity and,
1: and gratitude and, and celebration. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's not always an easy choice. It's not all, always an easy choice. There's things in every movie, show, project, uh, Star Wars that are going to get you uh, thinking. And, and at the end of the day, um, it's, uh, like we always say about Qui-Gon, you focus, determines reality, all those kind of uh, good lore things you are more adept at than I, um, uh, I think, uh, I think that's why it's the powerful direction to go. Uh, as, as qui says, the other one, you know, this one, Joseph and I've been talking a lot about lately, a lot about lately of the, I go towards the light because it's there. Uh, I, I, isn't that there, awesome? It's so awesome. And, um, I, uh, I'm so happy and, and, uh, proud that I got to know you and get to know you and still get to converse with you, my friend. Uh, there is, um. There is uh, a, a lot more Star Wars to enjoy, and uh, I'm gonna uh, pray every day that uh, you are here for, with me on this uh, this journey as as uh, long as the fight will take you, uh, my friend, to sp- uh, speak plainly. And, and I like that you speak plainly. I think that's inspirational in its own way.
2: Well, i I appreciate it, and i
1: I just appreciate a chance to you know get to get to talk Star Wars for a little while. Hey, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun just talking to our, about our favorite spaceships and lightsabers. Is uh, Luke's green saber your favorite? What 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 lightsaber would you go with? Yeah, I, I yeah
2: definitely. I, I love I love Luke's green saber. Um, you know, and I uh, I I love. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't. I, I'm. Just, I don't, have you ever been on Saber Forge before on their website? I have not. I do have an Ultra
1: Saber lightsaber. Ultra looking-
2: Sabers, are, they're great as well. At, at Saber Forge, um, they're out of um, Washington. They used to be right down, not, not too far of a drive from where my wife and I lived in Montana. and uh, But they have a, with all their pieces, you can drag and drop and build your own Saber. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. But I, yeah, somehow I end up always just building Luke's Saber. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Go,
1: you go where your heart wants you to go. Hey, you go, uh, my friend. We'll talk Star Wars again soon, but it's been a, a pleasure having you here on Spotlight Star Wars on the Force Center podcast feed right now, sharing uh, just your your relationship with Star Wars, which is a tremendously moving and inspiring one in the face of difficulty. Which, uh, hey, that is life, and that is that, it's uh, just the way it is, man. It's just the way it is. So, uh, uh, Zach Bassinger, um, you. Uh, you are uh you are on Twitter at, at Criminy Danger. What, what what what's that story? I don't even know, man. It started
2: out as something with Jiminy Cricket, ended up with Criminy Danger, and it's just uh I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about it. So <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'd love to you know, I'm I i i I'm, I'm strictly on that Twitter account to to talk Star Wars, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, talk about, uh, have great conversations about positivity. If anybody wants to look me up.
1: Yeah, please. uh force listeners, uh, reach out to Zach. I will have a link in the podcast page, uh, which is easier to access those links through, um, anchor, but I'll have a, a link to the GoFundMe that I've been, uh, uh talking about over on the NAPSOC files that directly goes to, uh, uh Zach and, and his wife and this and fight, the the fight of fights and so um i do want to uh, point people in that direction if they so choose it'll be there uh on uh, the uh anchor page like i said it's in the podcast description but sometimes those links i've discovered don't work on other podcast spots so head over to anchor for that uh zach uh thank you so much uh, we're gonna uh, keep going here on force center spotlight star wars rolls up I cannot thank Zach enough for coming on in to the Force Center studio, Spotlight Star Wars, and sharing his story, his Star Wars fandom testimonial, and just really speaking some truths, some hard truths, some big truths, some small truths about Star Wars, and it was uh, just a blessing and an honor to listen to what he has to say. And in closing, I I wanted to read his thread that's on his Twitter page, uh, Crime Any Danger, you can follow it and read it yourself. Um, I loved it, and I just just want to share it with y'all. He wrote this back on September twenty eighth, 2019. Well, after Last Jedi came out, well, after the hubbub of Last Jedi came, and, well, not quite went. And it's easy for us fans, myself included, to get pulled down by those clouds, those storms of negativity around something here. And again, as we say a lot here, it's not about... Questioning some things about Star Wars or breaking it down, trying to ask some tough questions, and maybe not even liking some parts. That is all part of it. It's all part of the fun. Star Wars is big enough for your questions and your doubt and occasionally your anger. But we all know there is that tumultuous storm, that tumultuous sea of negativity out there. And it can pull you down. So Zach wrote this back in September of 2019. And I wanted to read it as we close out today's episode of Spotlight Star Wars. He writes, So here is a thread on why The Last Jedi is a Star Wars film that I believe will grow with fans generationally in a profound way. Also, how it has helped during chemo and cancer stuff. Opinions are my own, and you don't have to feel this way, but let's be decent. As someone eyeing middle age, trying to reconcile the dreams, accomplishments of youth, The Last Jedi is a wonderful movie about adulthood. As someone dying of cancer and at times wanting to run away to Acto, Luke's pain and bravery and ultimate heroics have been worth reflecting on. The Last Jedi, just my take, is in part about what happens after your greatest victory, and how your views change after you've lived to see a few generational cycles and the world is no longer so new. The looming part of The Last Jedi is what happens to a hero when you've lived long enough to have others let you down, to let down yourself, and to fail to measure up to your own internal projection of who you are, quote, supposed to be. Ryan Johnson created a masterclass, both visually and emotionally in this area specifically, We see a hero recoiling from failure and tragedy. Luke is in pain. He tried to teach impressionable youths in need of guidance the way of a religion he idolized and fully believed in. Luke isn't just trying to help kids. He's trying to save a religion and an entire galaxy by reestablishing said order. That had just epically failed a generation before. He is saying, I'm worthy of being listened to. That in itself is a monumental emotional task. Luke did this after he was manipulated by his own teachers, mentors, because Luke is good. What happens when we fail ourselves, because we all do? Luke awakens after his moment of weakness, the same weakness we see in Return of the Jedi, to his life's ambition all dead. In this moment, Luke fails his sister, his nephew, the students that trusted him, his masters that trained him, and the entire galaxy that needed him. This is at least how he feels. The failure ends in the death of folks he loved and was responsible for. It's traumatic. Yet, Luke still loves the Force. He knows he doesn't own it, but he loves it. He failed his nephew. He is unwilling to kill his nephew, like his father. He failed the future, and because of his ambition, many are dead. His belief that he knows the way is crushed. Luke knows that the cosmic force will call upon a new chosen one. Paired with his PTSD and doubt, he thinks perhaps the next generational cycle, one without his influence, will leave the galaxy better off. This is clear in The Last Jedi. How could his character feel otherwise? But ultimately, through non-confrontation and the inspiration of a hopeful youth, much like he was, Luke is reminded that regardless of what he wants, is a great power and great responsibility. Oh, uh, that is Uncle Ben and not Hermit Ben, never mind. The last Jedi climaxes with Luke Skywalker's return to form with the performance of A Lifetime from Mark Hamill. I mean, great job, dude. He gives himself over to the Force in order to restore hope to the entire galaxy. And he does so by bravely standing off against the entire First Order. Okay, not the entire First Order, but a plenty. And he does it without throwing a punch manages to teach his lost Padawan a serious lesson. Thanks for your words, Zach. I love that take. I love the way you interpret it for your life, for others. That's the beauty of Star Wars. We'll see you next time on Spotlight Star Wars here on the Force Center podcast feed. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Go to our Instagram page. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that bell so you don't miss the memoriams and show and tells and all the things we're putting up there on the site. You can always support us at patreon.com slash Center and try a free audiobook out on us at audibletrial.com slash Center. Again, we'll see you next time here on Spotlight Star Wars.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.